Now, for the show that brings combat sports stories to life from the great state of Ohio, this is Forged in Ohio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 39 of Forged in Ohio. My name is Jake Marin, and I'm the host of the podcast. I'm excited for every episode of Forged in Ohio, and I take so much pride in the opportunity to talk to such great combat sports athletes every single week here. And today's episode and guests are really no different. Surprisingly, this is only the second fighter to join me from Apex Fight Systems. I recently took a trip to the gym in Akron, Ohio, which was truly a great experience. And now this fighter is undefeated with a 5-0 amateur mixed martial arts record. He is the Caged Thunder Bantamweight champion. And in a few weeks time, he could also become the Caged Thunder Featherweight champion. Is champ champ status on the horizon for Branson the one price? Well, let's bring him in to talk about it and a whole lot more. Thanks for coming on the show, Branson, and welcome to Forged in Ohio. Hey, uh, thank you for having me, and um, I'm eager to get uh, this interview going. Yeah, of course, man. Thank you for hopping on this podcast with me. Before we get into your upcoming fight on August 12th at Cage Thunder 22, I want to talk about your most recent win for the Bantamweight title for the promotion. You beat Brandon Bilter by split decision in April. Whenever I see a split decision, I guess the first question that comes to mind is asking you whether you thought that you had done enough in the fight to win. Um, yes, yes, I felt uh, I'd done enough. Um, uh, the split decision just goes to being uh, Brandon being a uh, terrific competitor. We both paid time in the gym. Um, so I knew it would be a close fight, but I, I knew I edged him out deep in my heart. Uh, I knew what it, it took to win. I felt uh, uh, I had him in a couple aspects of, the, uh, of my skills. Um, I was a better striker. I thought I had a better grappling, uh, a little bit better grappling than he did. And I was uh, more busy. So, uh, of course, I think I, I did do enough to win. Yeah, it was a great fight. I thought one thing that worked really well for you was your left hand. It was fast and effective all fight long. Was that along with the wrestling that you showed in the first round, part of your game plan against Bilter? Of course, yes, yes. Just to show uh, Bilter uh, a couple different different views uh, from a fighter because uh, everybody just views me as a wrestler. So I kind of wanted to mix it up, make the fight more interesting, throw more punches, and, and it, uh, thank God it worked for me. And did it feel natural out there showcasing that a striking ability that you have in your pocket when everybody kind of coined you as a wrestler heading into the fight? Uh, yes, yes, it did, it did feel good. Um, I had a great training camp. Um, I did a couple uh, extra things to kind of get better on the boxing tip. Uh, I actually have an amateur career as a boxer. A couple fights, not too many, but um, I wasn't too too rusty, so it didn't take too much tweaking. But um, it, I, I just knew what I had to do this match, and I, and I was happy to do more in practice so it could show more in the uh, octagon. There was a moment in the third round of your fight against Brandon where it seemed like something had affected you and yeah. he was trying his best to pile on with strikes. Alex Henry on commentary mentioned a potential eye poke. Was that the case or did yeah. something else happen to cause that moment? No, no, no. That, so that wasn't an eye poke at all. Um, he didn't even hit me. Um, so it's one of those things. Fighters will understand what I, where I'm coming from, where you don't see him. You lose vision of him. So you go to block. He may throw a punch, and you may throw your guard up. 
And then when you look up, like when you throw your guard up, you may blink your eye. And then when you open your eyes, he's gone. So I didn't see him. I, I just knew that he was around somewhere. So I had to keep my guard up, be alert, and try to get back to poise and confidence. So no, no, no poke eye by him. He didn't poke me in the eye. It was just me not being able to see him, know where he was, and uh, trying to stay alert. Oh, wow. So I've never heard of a story like that happening in the cage to a fighter. Is that the first time that something like that's ever happened to you? Uh, no, no, oh, no, wow. no. It's like really the second time. Um, if you go look at my fight against Malcolm, um, what was his last name? Mal- not Malcolm Jones. Jackson. Yeah, yeah, Ma- yep. Malcolm Jones. Not yeah. Um, my, I think that was my second fight. Um, I, I happened in that fight too. If you go back and look, um, I don't know why that stuff happens, but I, I, it's a fighter thing. It's a fighter thing. Okay, interesting. Well, when you were announced as the winner, you fell down right after Jake Digman announced that you had won the fight. What did that moment in the cage mean to you when you were announced as the new Cage Thunder Bantamweight champion? Uh, it meant everything. It meant the world to me. It meant that everything that I had been doing these prior months, this prior year, it all paid off. When I first started doing MMA, I didn't know what to expect. I just knew I, I wanted to do it, wanted to try it, and uh, wanted to be the best at it that I could possibly be. Getting the championship just sort of solidified all the hard work, all the sweat, tears, and, and pain that I put into this sport, all the sacrifices, not going to the, the parties that I wanted to, not, not having the same relationship with certain friends as I wanted to. Um, that moment, it, it just – it I know it's amateur, but to me, it was – everything that I've been working for all my life just to show people that you can do anything you put your mind to. Is that why the moment was so emotional as well? Because it really did solidify all the hard work that you put into your mixed martial arts career and getting that championship really just made it worth it. Yeah, it did. Again, it's just, it put the stamp, it puts a stamp on it when you have something to show for your hard work. It's, it's plenty of people out here in everyday life that's putting hard work in, you know, and they may not get the recognition that they, they desire. So it feels good to hold that belt up and to tell everybody, I worked for this. I worked hard for this and I can and I'm showing you the results of the hard work. So, yes. You mentioned in your post-fight interview as well that your mom was in the ICU during that training camp and that you dedicated the win to her and her family. I don't want to get too personal, but did that make the victory just that much more special as well? Uh, Yes, it did. Um, I remember visiting my mom in the ICU, uh, not being able to, uh, you know, have a full conversation with her. But uh, before she had the incident that she did have and ended up in the ICU, she wanted to come see me fight. So I sort of kind of put a, a chip on my shoulder to, to get this win for her. And when, when I knew she was going to wake up out the ICU, I just knew it. I knew deep down inside. So when she wake up, I, I would have that belt there sent for her. And she wasn't able to make it, but I was still able to uh, deliver what she asked me to deliver. So, yeah, it was. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear about that, Branson. Did she get a chance to watch any of your other fights or was that the first fight that she was planning on going to watch? It was the first fight that she was planning on going to watch. Um, my mom really doesn't like, uh, like, you know, bloodshed. Mm. And all moms are like that. Most they don't want to see their son in there going back and forth 
with somebody in a cage. But um, she, yeah, she had decided she wanted to come see me uh, fight, and it was a for, unfortunate that she couldn't. But um, I think she she may be coming to this fight, so everything worked out. Yeah, so everything okay with uh, the mom and the family, and of course, I'm sure she was happy to see that belt once you won. Yeah, she she was uh, very happy to see. She said she knew I would get it. Um, and as far as her health is concerned, yeah, it's just an everyday uh, process mm. with her. But she is getting better. Um, it's it, it's you know we just I, my faith in God is is good. So I just uh, take it day by day. But uh, she is getting better and improving. So it puts a lot of stress off my shoulders, which makes me uh, able to train more, train more stress free. So, yes. Yeah, that's great to hear, man. Once again, this is Branson, the one price with us on Forge in Ohio. And now you have the opportunity to become a double champ. It all goes down on August 12th at Cage Thunder 22 for the featherweight championship. There's a ton to talk about with this fight, but I guess first and foremost, what was your reaction when Cage Thunder approached you with this opportunity to win a second belt for the promotion? Uh, man, uh, joy, joy. That's that's all I felt. I was kind of... Um overwhelmed with it at first because um, we had a couple instances where we couldn't um, go pro. So this sort of like just got that spunk back in me because I did go through a little uh, a little spell while I was down because I couldn't, uh, you know, actually go pro find a fight or anything like that. So uh, when they when they called me for this, I was I was already ready. I was already getting ready. And um, I, I yes, my answer was yes. Yes, <laughs> I'm ready. Let's do it. And you mentioned turning pro there a little bit. Was this always a part of the plan in your amateur career to become a double champ in two weight classes? Or was this an opportunity that came up in the moment? And like you said, you just could not say no to. It was an opportunity to be great. It just came in the moment. I couldn't say no. Um, I like to stay active. So if I can get a belt while staying active before I go pro, uh, yes, I'm going to take it. I'm 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 going to take it. I'm going to practice because worst case scenario, you know, you don't pull out that win, but you get the um, you get the uh, what am I trying to say? You get the experience. You get the experience. You get the to get in there with as many different types of fighting styles as you can. It's not about winning and losing. It's about getting in there and being a better fighter every time you get in there. That's what it's about. So if I can get gold while I was doing that, I'm 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 welcoming. I'm welcoming chant. Yeah, and this upcoming experience comes at Featherweight. You've had one other career fight at the weight class, and it was your amateur debut. I've seen you fight, and I saw you recently at Apex. You're the definition of chiseled. How hard is a cut to Featherweight going to be for you? Um, not hard at all. Uh, with my wrestling background, um, I was used to it. Uh, feather Dropping to Featherweight is actually... A, a break for me. Um, I'm able to keep some of my strength. I'm able to uh, work uh, harder than usual rather than not focus on weight cutting. So um, it, it's a stress off for me. It's all about hard work and dedication. So 145, it, it'd be a breeze to get to. I feel like one thing that comes up in mixed martial arts or whatever discipline that involves weight cutting is if you're going down a weight or down two weight classes, that punch resistance and your chin become a little bit weaker and more susceptible to damage. Are you worried about that at all? Or are you pretty confident that competing at featherweight won't impact that aspect of your game? Uh, no, not at all. I'm, I'm very confident. Um, 
with me competing at 145, which is my natural weight, um, my chin actually gets stronger. Um, with me fighting normally at 135, I would have more of a uh, uh, concern there. So I, you know, keep my hands up, keep my head moving. But uh, 145, uh, you're gonna get you're gonna get the strongest Branson Price that you can get. So um, no, not at all. I'm not worried at all. Your opponent at Cage Thunder 22 is Luke McMurtry, who I've had on Forge in Ohio twice, and that's why I love this fight so much, because I have so much respect for both of you guys. What do you think about Luke and the challenge ahead of you on August 12th? Man, I think Luke is a great competitor. I love watching him fight. I love his style. I know that he'll push me. Um, I know that um, he won't back down. I know he's going to come game. Um, I know all the skills that Luke possesses. Um, I know what to watch out for. I know how to work, and I know what to defend against. Luke, I, I, I think that Luke will bring the best out of me. Luke is sort of different from a lot of guys that I've faced. Luke can hold his own. Uh, Luke's a great wrestler. Um, so I'm eager to get in there, uh, test his skills, test his strengths, and uh, drag him to the deep waters. You won your bantamweight title from a guy who trains at Victory, and now you have a chance to win a featherweight title with a win over Luke, who also trains at Victory MMA. Do you feel like you have that gym's number, or do you have an extra level of confidence heading into this fight, knowing that you have wins over Victory guys under your belt? Every fighter, you know, you prepare for that fighter, no matter what gym they come from. I don't feel like I, I you know, no, I don't really get into that stuff, like as far as... Uh, just knowing I have a gym's number, you know, I do see similar styles in some of their fighters, but every fighter is different. Every fighter bring uh, some sort of unique skill that they each have that you have to prepare for. I know, you know, they, they're, they're over there. They talk a lot. They, they exchange their battles with me, with, uh, with each other. And that's fine. But, um, it's, you got to get in there with me and every fighter has to do it. So you may be able to do things, that Brandon can't do, and Brandon may be able to do things that Luke can't do. I always say style makes fights, so uh, that that's how we're going to have to play that. Yeah, I love that perspective, and you mentioned Luke's wrestling and how he might bring that into this fight against you. Do you think you'll want to stand on the feet more with Luke in this upcoming fight, or are you confident that even on the ground that you'd be better than him? I think that wherever Luke takes it, we can take it there. Um, I'm pretty sure he feels the same, but uh, whatever, wherever he wants to take it, we can take it there. My hands are good. My wrestling's good. So it's the best against the best. And um, that's how we that's how we have to do it. Skills, skills pay the bill. So whoever has been working harder, they're going to win. And you posted on Facebook that the fight will be great, blood will be shed, and two great Spartans will enter the cage. I can talk about how excited I am for the fight all day long, but how excited are you to step in the cage with a guy who's game like Luke McMurtry in a few weeks' time? Uh, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. It, it's great to challenge yourself and not back down from these fights. As the weeks progress towards the fight more and more and more, I get more excited more excited, more excited until I've stepped in the, in the cage and all the hard work the world will see, the fans will see. It's, it's, a, it's a joyous feeling. And like I said, two great Spartans will enter the cage August 12th and um, it will be great. It will be great. With all that excitement leading up to such a big fight for you, obviously you could become a double champ in Cage Thunder. 
Does any like nervous emotions get in there or is it just excitement? Can't wait to get into the cage on August 12th. Um, it's more, it's, I can't wait to get in there August 12th. I have six fights, uh, five fights, one, no contest. Uh, right now it's just, you know, it's business, you know, um, nerves. Uh, you would, I would be lying if I, I said I didn't have nerves, but it's, it, it's a switch. Once you're in there, you, it's, it's all, it's all done. But to answer your question, uh, I, I do get, you know, nervous, but, uh, you wouldn't be a real athlete if you didn't get nervous. That's what brings the uh, the great the greatness out of you, I think. I'm not sure if you're one for predictions, but how do you see your fight at Cage Thunder 22 going down? I see. I, I'm not one for predictions, but I can tell you this much. I can tell you that I'm going to go in there and leave every ounce that I have in the cage. I'm going to come. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to put all the hard work and effort on display. And I'm ready. And Luke better be ready, too. I love it, and that's what makes this upcoming fight so exciting. If you're not one for predictions, let me see if you'll answer this one. How confident are you that you'll wake up with two belts at the house on August 13th, the day after? What's your confidence level like? I mean, 100%. I'm, not, I'm never going to doubt my abilities and doubt myself. 100%. I'm coming home with two belts. With two belts. 100%. I love it, man. Talking to Branson, the one price on Forge in Ohio, whether you win or lose this upcoming fight at Cage Thunder 22, what do you think is next for you? Would you look to turn pro or hang around another fight or two at the amateur level? Um, It's all about just making a game plan with my team, going back to the drawing board. I do want to go uh, pro. Um, I'm not getting any younger. So this hard work has to start paying off, which it is. I have uh, a belt and I'm uh, going to get another one. But at the end of the day, you you want to get paid for the effort that you put in. So um, going pro is on the horizon. Yeah, and you mentioned staying active earlier on as well. If all goes well against Luke McMurtry, would you look to fight one or even two more times in 2023? Yeah, I got to. I got to. Whatever is presented. I don't back down from nothing. You got to stay active. Uh, that would be a great way to end the year out with two more fights because mm-hmm. – uh, Again, once you get to my age, if you if you wait too much longer, you start to get stagnant. So uh, staying staying active is the best possible uh, way to go. Yeah, and in terms of age with mixed martial artists, the the word prime always comes into into play. Do you feel like you're at your athletic prime right now as a MMA fighter? Or do you think you even have yet to reach your prime per se in your athletic career? The scary part is I can get even stronger. I can get mm-hmm. even better. I can get even uh, uh, sharper. A true uh, MMA uh, person never stops learning the art or the craft. You never stop evolving as a fighter. There's no threshold. To me, there's no prime when you come to mixed martial arts. So you can always evolve with this sport, and that's the great thing about it. So physically, you may be somewhere you know, uh, you know, physically, but mentally, uh, that's what this sport's about to me. But if I had to answer that, am I in my prime? No, no. And like you said, that's a dangerous thought for upcoming competitors against you and for even uh, future opponents that you have in your mixed martial arts career, right? Yes. Yeah. Because uh, we're only going to get bigger, stronger and wiser. And, and the information is going to keep coming. 
That's why I tell these guys, you, uh, the, the longer you stay out, your opponent's getting better. He's getting better. Mm -hmm. He's learning stuff. He's staying active. That's always my rule of thumb. Stay active. Yeah, that's a great point as well. All your wins so far have come via decision, which is good to get some cage time and experience as an amateur fighter before you turn pro. I do have to ask, though, are you craving a submission or knockout win? No, no. Um, I just crave to win. I crave to, uh, you know, just portray my skills. I never go into a fight uh, trying to knock a dude out. I'm an opportunist. I take what I see. Um, I, I lay back. I... I I do what I have to do to win. That's the best way I could put it. I'm not a knockout artist, nor do I try to be. But if it comes, I'm taking it. Um, I just try to I try to take what I can see and work around it. It's, the game's about adjustments. So I try to stay making adjustments. You're never going to fight the same way you do the next fight. It's always going to be adjustments. So if, if the knockout comes, uh, that's great. Um, but uh, we don't. We never go into the fight looking for knockouts. No. In being on the right side of five decisions in your amateur career, why have you been so good at making those adjustments in the fights and doing what you need to to get the win? You know, it's just uh, doing your homework, doing your research, and and doing your doing your time in the gym. You know, uh, it's just doing what you have to do as an athlete to get that win. You can't, uh, if, if you want to be a champion, you have to train like a champion. You have to do your homework like a champion. That's what gets me these wins, uh, these decisions. Um, it's just about being better. Um, you know, just putting the time in. I put the time in and I expect this. I expect to win. You know, I, I never go into a fight expecting to lose. Never. You've been fighting for just over a year and a half now, and you've accomplished a lot in a short amount of time with even more on the line in your next fight. If I told you that you would have had this much success in MMA a few years ago before you really started, would you have believed me? Uh, no, nah, man, no, no, I wouldn't have. I, I did MMA, you know, to see if I could do it, you know, just, just to see if I could do it as a, as a, like a uh, hobby. And it just turned out that I was good at it, you know, and I stuck with it. And normally when I uh, see things that I like, I become very good at them. So, you know, it was just a blessing, you know, that my my knowledge and, and my coaching staff and my, my teammates, you know, were able to work with me and get me to the fighter that you see today, you know. I would never think I was going to be, you know, double champ or have a chance to fight for uh, uh, two titles. But um, I'm very grateful for it. Yeah, I've heard stories of how you never thought you'd be competing in MMA and you started for self-defense reasons. How did this journey in mixed martial arts really start for you? Just, uh, you know, after the COVID, I used to box a tad bit, you know, and after the COVID, it was, it was real hard uh, trying to book fights or get fights or travel uh, do with the restrictions that they had on, on the sport at the time. So uh, in order to stay active and do something, you know, I, I tried to I tried to MMA. My late friend who saved my life, um, Paris Wicks, he always asked me, like, uh, to do MMA. And I always used to tell him, yeah, I'll, I'll try it. I'll try it because I was good in wrestling. I was good in wrestling. And, um, you know, I did a little boxing. And he used to always mock me, like, you're going to be a UF star, a UFC star. And um, he uh, tragically lost his life. Uh, saving my life 
And um, I always told him that I was going to fulfill that promise to him and um, see what I could do in the cage. So um, it started out as that, um, just just fulfilling a promise to a late friend. Wow, that's an incredible story, Branson. Is that something that motivates you in your career as well, knowing that he made that sacrifice for you and you you made that promise that you would be a mixed martial artist? Uh, Yeah, it it drives me, man. It drives me. I have a chip on my shoulder because of it, you know, because I I owe him that much. You know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. Every time I step in the ring, um, I I say a prayer and um, I thank him for the opportunity that he gives me to even breathe every day, you know? So yeah, it does. It drives me. It drives me. It's a fire in me that will never go out because of him. I was going to ask too, because you mentioned how MMA was a hobby for you. And I was going to ask you, when did that transition go from a hobby to being something that you wanted to compete in? Is it kind of when that happened or maybe another point in your life where you actually wanted to become a mixed martial artist and compete in the cage? Well, this happened a couple of years uh, pro- uh, ago from from this time. So um, I, I always remember what he said. You know, I always remember what he said. And then one day I just said, I'm going to I'm going to stop doubting myself and do something that I always wanted to do. Something that he always said I could do. And then I just took a, a, a leap for it, you know, because uh, it was either now or never. If I didn't do it now, I would never do it. So, um, you know, I took that leap. Um, I became good at it, you know, and um, I didn't, I never looked back from there. Yeah. Do you have any regrets from that time period of when you made the leap or making that leap? Because now, I mean, your record and the opportunities that you've had kind of showcase that it was the right decision. So does it sound like you have any regrets from back then or not really? <laughs> no, not really. No, I don't. I don't have any regrets for uh going into the sport this sport has been nothing but good to me it's taught me discipline um it's kept me determined it has changed every aspect of my life i get up every single day and work out and i would never do this without mma you know so mma has sort of uh put structure in my life and i'm thankful for that and in this process when did you first come across apex fight systems and and really start training at that gym um, so my first time, uh, actual teammate, uh, Jay Mar Moore, uh, Mars Moore, he introduced me to, uh, my coach. I actually was going to take my first fight independent and, um, he reached out to me and I'm happy he did and, uh, changed my mind because I would have not had the skills that I have today. So he hit me up on my inbox and, you know, offered to help a hand and, uh, go to the gym and to train with these guys. My first day there, I loved it. Um, they were like family, and uh, they never changed since then. Um, it's a great gym to work at. It's more family-oriented, which I, is what I like. And it, we hold each other accountable, and that's what I was looking for when I was uh, looking for a gym to train at. So um, without uh, uh, J. Mar Moore, um, I don't know where I would be, or I don't know what gym I would be at. I, I may have been uh, independent still. You know, so um, he, he kind of pulled me in there and got crying. So it was uh, Jay Moore Moore. Now, when you think back to before your first fight, when you wanted to go in there independent, do you think like, man, I was crazy to, to have done so or even have that thought <laughs> now that you're in Apex and have a couple of years training with the gym? 
Yes, yes. I mean, I would have helped my own in that first fight, I do believe. Deep down inside, I do believe that with my wrestling background. But um, no, I I don't think I would have lasted out here without being at an actual gym. So I tell all those independent guys, if you can, get to an actual gym to work on your craft because you will learn so much more. I've also heard some horror stories about the old Apex location compared to the new one. Were you ever with Apex during that time? And if so, what was that like? So when you when you speak of horror situation, what do you what do you mean? So Norm told me kind of the the mood in the gym okay. was very dark. And then your coach actually told me like there was a dumpster right out there that would catch on fire sometimes. <laughs> Just some horror stories about the gym. I mean, our old, our old gym, it was basically in a, uh, <laughs> a rundown part of the city. But, you know, I mean, for me, this is what I grew up around, so I was used to it. But, yeah, uh, uh, crazy, we used, to, we used to get, we used to get, you know, I don't want to call them crackheads, but we used to get drug addicts, you know, that would come to the gym trying to join or just trying to break into the gym. I'm kind of uh, happy that we changed locations. But um, I wasn't too all, all, you know, bumped out about it. Like I said, this is what I grew up around, you know. Um, but, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm happy we changed that. Yes. And what was that like having, you know, those <laughs> random people walk in on any given day wanting to train with you? And you have something to give. You're a, a mixed martial artist. You have a record, a winning record. And you just have this random guy walk in wanting to train. You know, uh, I would have to test his temperature. I would have to be on high alert. But um, then, you know, I got used to it. Some people just wanted to come in, you know, just just to work with us, just to see what we were about. You know, I always give I always give people, you know, one chance, one chance, you know. But um, you know, our we we're we're a gym filled with fighters, so you know, the occasional stray that would walk in, I, I think that they should be more afraid of us than that than we are of them, though. Absolutely, man. So with Apex now and with the new location and everybody's thriving there, do you feel like with what you've accomplished in the game and with your age as well in mixed martial arts that you're kind of a, a leader to some of those younger guys coming up in the amateur scene? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, especially at my gym. We got a, we have a great group of young guys who work hard, you know, who I kind of mentor and uh, keep like big brother by my side uh, with these guys. Uh, they, you know, they look up to the guys like me who have actually been there and done that. So, you know, I feel like it's a, it's a good look, you know, just, and I do what I can to show these guys that if I can do it, you can do it too. A lot of these guys get discouraged and they don't, they don't know that I was once them, you know? So it's, it's nice to be able to show these guys firsthand, that I was there and now I'm here in a year's time and you can do it too. You know, so I, I love my uh, group of guys, man. I, lo- I love these youngsters that we got in our gym coming up now. What's it like for you as a leader and a mentor to some of these guys at the amateur level who train at Apex? When you see them go out there and get a win, what does that mean to you when you see your teammates and those guys around you thriving just as much as you are? Man, I'm excited. I, I, I'm more excited for them than they are, I believe. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it gets me so ecstatic and it keeps me, it, it, it gets me happy when I see these guys, when I actually see these guys put work in the gym and then go in there to get a win, it makes me so happy just to see the, the joy on their face um, and f- for the success that they get. You know, it's, it's like, you know, my hard work is actually paying off, sort of. 
No. And uh, w- with your career, since you never really thought that this would be a reality, how far do you think that you can now take this career in mixed martial arts now that you're fully in it? Uh, all the way. I do believe in a couple years um, I'll be fighting on a big stage. Like I, like I said, I've always strongly believed in myself. I believe in my talent, my ability. Um, and now that I'm actually, you know, uh, like you said, in this sport, I believe uh, this, the heavens are the ceiling for me. My end goal is to, uh, you know, fight on UFC. Um, Bellator is getting bought out. So they're getting bought out by the UFC PF, uh, PFL in the one championship. So maybe they'll make it on one of those. You know, once I make it on one of those, to me, you know, it's like, wow, I finally made it. I finally been waiting for it in my life. So, yeah, yeah, I do believe I'm, I'll be far in, in a matter of no time. Yeah, would you say that's one of your biggest goals that you've set for yourself in your MMA career is to just make it to one of those big stages, whether it be UFC, Bellator, PFL, one, like you just mentioned? Yeah, that, that is one of my biggest goals. I have two I have two or three things that are my biggest goals for doing this. So my first thing is obviously I would like to make it to the UFC and, and Bellator and, and all of that. And my and my second one is to actually like be a mentor to these guys and bring the the youth out and to show them that uh, you know there is a way other than the streets. And my third thing would be obviously you know everything that the sport brings, the luxuries of it, and you know the way that it can improve your life. I do I do look forward to uh, everything that comes with this sport, and I just hope that I can make a change in somebody's day uh, with this sport. So, yes. Man, those are some incredible goals, and really none of them are self-serving goals. You want to give back, you want to be a mentor, you want to be a leader. Where do those goals come from? And it really does show that that's just the human being that you are. You're you're just a good human being, and you want to do those things. Um, my mom always taught me to give back. You know, that's where that's where my goals are. You know, uh, it's a cycle of uh, things. If you if you have a cycle of good things happening good things that continue to happen, but somebody has to start that cycle. I've always been like a good person, um, loving, caring. I don't care who you are. You know, I'm going to show you love and show you the way. Um, MMA made it so easy for me to connect with so many people um, that I think that through this sport, you can make a difference. You know, uh, like I said, some people may not even fight when they come to our gym. But they're happy that they came to the gym with a bunch of guys that help them get better in life and in everyday life, you know. So you you get more than you put in. Uh, you, you take out more than you put into this sport. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I think that's a beautiful thing of this sport. Yeah, that's an incredible way to put it, man. And now I can't wait to follow your career and your journey, both in the cage and in the gym and away from the sport as well. Before we wrap up, anything you want to shout out, whether it be social media handles, sponsorships, uh, other fighters and things going on at the gym, the floor is yours, man. Um, I uh, want to thank you for giving me uh, your platform uh, to talk on. I appreciate you. I want to uh, tell everybody, uh, 3333 Manchester Road, uh, that's where our gym is at. Um, we're accepting uh, all new people. Come change your life and uh, come see why it changed mine. And um, Instagram, you can look me up at Sergio Price. And Facebook, Branson Sergio Scott Price. 
I appreciate you guys. I'm fighting for you guys, and I won't let you down. There you have it, man. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. I, along with many others, I'm sure can't wait to see your fight against Luke McMurtry. Before I let you go, I always end these chats on Forge in Ohio by asking fighters to help me with the OHIO chant. So, OH. IO. Thank you, Branson. Good luck on August 12th. I'm convinced that it'll be a great fight at Cage Thunder 22, and hopefully we can reconnect on here again down the line. I really appreciate it, man. That was Branson, the one price, the 5-0 amateur mixed martial artist who is chasing double champ status for Cage Thunder. He already has the bantamweight title, and now he looks to claim the featherweight title against Luke McMurtry, a fighter that I've had on Forge in Ohio twice. It's always exciting when I can talk to and feature both sides of such a big fight on the show. I wish both guys the best heading into Cage Thunder 22, and as I've said many times, I can't wait to see these two guys tear it down inside the Chaparral Center. I can guarantee that Branson is one of many fighters competing at Cage Thunder 22 that I'll have on the show prior to August 12th. And I've got a one-of-a-kind interview and guest planned next week for episode 40 of Forge in Ohio. So stay tuned for that big announcement. Until then, don't forget to support the show on social media by following at Forge in Ohio on both Instagram and Facebook. Also, I do ask that you download episodes while you're listening to them because that helps me out more than you know. Until a very exciting episode 40 for next week, I've been your host, Jake Murrin, and I hope you enjoyed this edition of Forged in Ohio.